Our lesson today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. See that no one pays back evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. Always rejoice, constantly pray, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Beloved of God, grace to you and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here we read about what God's will for us is. In fact, it says quite clearly, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What is the will? Always rejoice. Always always. Now, it doesn't say about everything rejoice. It doesn't say for everything rejoice. It says always rejoice. If you can't make the mortgage payment this month, if your dad went on hospice, if your daughter got that fear diagnosis, we're not told to rejoice for that. That is awful. We should mourn the awful things. Be sad. Be angry. Fight the awful things. And then constantly pray. What's that prayer sound like? When we're not sure, it's often good to go to Monty Python for answers about religion. Uh, who remembers this prayer? Yeah? Or there's a really good one that uh, I think all of us can remember and use at various times in our life. O Lord, bless this thy holy hand grenade, that with it thou mayst blow thine enemies to tiny bits in thy mercy. Next time you come up against a killer rabbit, you'll have that one ready. Or, let us praise God. O Lord, oh, you are so big, so absolutely huge. Gosh, we're all really impressed down here, I can tell you. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for this dreadful toadying and barefaced flattery, but you are so strong and so super. Fantastic, really. Amen. Is that how prayers sound? Maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but... flowery, old-sounding language. When I worked with the children's message on Wednesday, I asked the young people a question, and one of them responded, church talk is adult talk. We don't know what it is. And we even try in this congregation to stay away from those kinds of things that are adult talk. After the communion, we don't have the nunc dimittis. After 
the words of institution, we don't sing the Agnus Dei. Because nobody knows what those mean, or only if you were raised Roman Catholic or very conservative Lutheran. So, how about this kind of prayer? Does it sound a little more honest to your life? What were you thinking, God? Or this one. God, this is awful. You're really dropping the ball on me today. Or the Pope John the Tenth. Pope John the Tenth prayed each night before going to sleep. Now be ready, this is a prayer from the Pope. So it's probably going to be pretty serious. Lord, this is your church, not mine. I'm tired. Good night. When we are honest in our prayer, we can rejoice. Because while the world and our circumstances aren't always good, we believe that God is good. And rejoicing in God's goodness takes the power away from that evil that's trying to send you into despair. That's the one sentence takeaway, so I'll say it again. Rejoicing in God's goodness takes away the power from the evil that tries to send you into despair. Despair is a lack of hope. It's a lack of joy. And if we look at statistics, quite a few folks in this building are struggling with despair, depression, or anxiety. You may think that means that you're not very faithful, but antidepressants are one of the top three classes of drugs prescribed to pastors in this country. So if you're struggling with the crushing weight of how hard life is, you're not unfaithful. If you are in touch with the suffering that's very real in our community and world, you're not unfaithful. That's the reality of your life. For many of you, it means you're realistic about your surroundings, but you just haven't found out how to process that yet. So here's another prayer that I think is pretty faithful. God, this life seems awful, but you are good. Give me joy, please. We might not hear prayers like that very often, but we might feel those prayers in our souls. I told a story last Wednesday, not during the sermon, because I thought it was, you know, you, you, nobody wants to think of their pastor as someone who has ever had a crisis of faith, right? Your pastor is this stalwart, perfectly faithful, always pious person. But when I was living in Berkeley, California, and looking forward to doing my internship year in Washington, D.C., I had everything set up, had talked to the church, and the paperwork came out of, where are you going to spend your third year of seminary? It said Del Rapids, South Dakota on my paperwork. Who knows where Del Rapids, South Dakota is? A few, sure. How close do you think that congregation is to 
the church in Washington, D.C. that started Lutheran Volunteer Corps and has the largest homeless shelter in the District of Columbia. I mean, mileage, we're talking like 1,300 mileage, miles, but in terms of culture, a million miles away. And I went into the chapel at the seminary up on the hill in Berkeley, California. I walked up to the cross and I screamed. And then I fell to my knees and I cried. And I thought I was alone in that room. But after about a minute, somebody walked up and said, I was sitting over in the corner praying and it looks like you're having a hard time. Can we talk? I think screaming at a cross can sometimes be the most faithful prayer because it's the most honest prayer. Um, I'm going to reveal something a little bit shocking to you all. Sometimes life doesn't go perfectly, and sometimes we're disappointed in our lives, even if we believe in God. If anyone's particularly shocked by that, you can talk to me after the service because I think we need a remedial class on how life goes. Uh, but we also read to give thanks in all things. Even when we don't feel like giving thanks, give thanks in all things. Not give thanks for all things, not give thanks about all things. Because there are things not to be thankful for. Don't give thanks that refugees are stripped of their dignity by evil leaders in Myanmar or wherever. Don't give thanks that children are forced into war in places around our world. Don't give thanks that governments would rather let people freeze to death on the streets than truly serve the ones they're supposed to represent. Don't give thanks that in the halls of power the dollar is worth more than the life. Don't give thanks that the command of Jesus to love the neighbor means nothing with the authority to help those who are the neighbor. Don't give thanks that the voices of women are being silenced. Don't give thanks that you're losing your job. But when you are thrown into despair, pray constantly. Give thanks that God is faithful. Rejoice that God is faithful. And pray to this thankful God. Pray to this faithful God. Hold people and institutions accountable for the way they treat the lost, left out, and left behind. Hold your employers and employees accountable for saying and doing things that strip the worth from those whose value is constantly being challenged. And hold yourself accountable for the ways you're complicit in the abuse of the vulnerable. Then rejoice and give thanks that we have a God who is good when our world doesn't seem that way. That we have a God who is faithful, even when we are not. A God who forgives your sin in Jesus' name. Because that's the chief reason to rejoice and give thanks in a profoundly broken world 
where we are part of the problem. God forgives you in Jesus' name. Jesus didn't come here to make everything right. Jesus came here to show us the light. Give thanks for that and for all the ways our good God works in this world. Now we know that all good things come from God. All people who work good works, God is at work in them, whether they know it or not. So give thanks for your Muslim neighbor who helped push your car out of the snow. And give thanks for the Ghanaian soldier who rescued civilians from a burning building. Give thanks for the transgender lawmaker who's concentrating on lifting people out of poverty. Give thanks for the black cook who makes amazing food for your family. Give thanks for the wealthy white male business owner who conducts deals with justice and equity. And if you see injustice that you think God should be making right, it could be that God intends to fix it with your hands. Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks for opening to us your holy word, for helping us to see the light of your Son in the darkness that sometimes threatens to overcome us. Use our hands and our feet, our words and our actions to love and care for all those in need. Give us the faith and the strength to pray what is on our hearts, to hold ourselves and others accountable, and to love you and love each other, even when it's hard. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.